heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Alrighty, folks, this is episode number 126 of YWC Football Talk. It is a good day today because the Patriots won. And who better who better to have on for a Patriots win than for – actually, it's his first time this season back on the show with me. But Pat Lane from Pat's Pulpit, from the Pat's Nation podcast, he's back. Patriots win. It's a good day. Pat, you feeling as good as I am? Feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. Five and four, and uh, Bill's lost today to the Jags. And things are looking good. Things are looking good in the AFC for the Patriots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We were talking about it off camera just before we started recording, but the a- it's open season for the AFC. Like that's the that's honestly the thing I like about the NFL as a whole this year. Maybe in the NFC it's a little not like the same, but you don't really know who's going to win. Like there's no clear cut favorite. Like there's the teams that obviously you can already tell that are cut above the rest, but then the re- this wild card races and these divisional races are truly going to come down in December. I don't think you're going to see any of the whole you know oh champ crab by Thanksgiving night things that we've seen in the past. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, everyone keeps expecting and I do too, keeps expecting the chiefs to, you know, all of a sudden just make that leap and be good. They, they look like garbage again today. Uh, you know, luckily Aaron Rodgers <laughs> did what he does and, uh, and Jordan love looked terrible in his first start. And so they, they ended up losing by six and, and so, you know, they, they get a win to get to five and four, same record as you, but like, Right now, the Chiefs don't scare me, and they don't shouldn't scare anyone. They, they're playing awful offensively and defensively. They had a good game defensively today. Like I said, love missed a million a million passes, but like you know, every team looks beatable in the AFC. The the Bengals have looked the best team in the AFC two weeks ago, and they've lost two straight games. Uh, you know, one of them to the Jets, and then one of them to they got absolutely shit pumped today by by the Browns. Like they're just not for real anymore. So you look at the Bengals, say, okay, they stink. All right, now on to the next. Like. And Cleveland now, you know, had that big game, big game against the Bengals. Now you get Cleveland next week. If you beat Cleveland, now all of a sudden you're sitting there saying, "Okay, I'm six and four, or we're six and four heading into you know into the game against Atlanta." And all of a sudden, we might be able to make some noise here in the AFC. And so that's you know, and like we said, we talked about a little bit off air. Like it's not necessarily a must win this weekend, but like you know, after after getting a five and four and getting above five hundred for the first time all year. To be able to kind of put some, you know, a four-game winning streak is no joke. And, and to be able to win four games in a row and win games in your conference, uh, and now you're looking at it saying, all right, like, you know, this is where we can really make some noise. And, again, it, it's just going to end up where – this is where I'm looking at it. Right now, even if they lose to Cleveland, you got a shot to make the playoffs, right? They're the seventh seed right now. you got a shot to make the playoffs, even if you lose to Cleveland. If you beat Cleveland – now you might be talking about you get a chance to win the division. And I think that that's, that's something that I most certainly did not expect. I would say the majority of people that talk about or look at the NFL or watch the NFL wouldn't have expected that either. And so that's something that's pretty exciting because now, you know, you get the same amount of wins as the Bills and you, you get a tough matchup in Cleveland. You beat Cleveland. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we got the Bills. We still got two against the Bills. So, like, obviously you got to take care of business there. But, like, it gives you an opportunity now to you know to get on the board and uh and somehow you know win the AFC East. No, exactly. 100%. You're right. Uh it's just you always love to see parity in the NFL in my eyes. But even going back to your points too with like Kansas City, I feel like tomorrow you're going to see all these like network heads and stuff like whether it be Fox or ESPN. I like to avoid that for obvious reasons. Look, for my football, we know we've talked about this before. Both stoolies, I go to part of my take and uh, some other stuff, but with those guys, they're going to come out tomorrow, you know, and be like, oh, can this turn Cleveland, like, not Cleveland, can this turn Kansas City season around? Can this yeah. do this, this, and this? But the way I look at the Chiefs right now is, yeah, their defense doesn't scare me. Uh, I feel, I've been saying this for weeks on here now. I feel like whenever Patrick Mahomes makes a play, he's always looking for that music to follow his play. Yeah. And them next week, they have a huge test against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football, which is going to be interesting because obviously the Raiders lost today to the um, also the Giants. But back to the Patriots, no, like, look at the, this time last year. We were one and five, uh, two and five. Yeah, we were two and five. Yeah. The Monday nighter where we, well, we I, I'll be honest, we should have lost the Monday nighter against the Jets. I remember being fired up because we had the crappy, no, crappy out month of October. We had the Kansas City loss, Denver, got killed by San Francisco. And then 
had them fumble against Buffalo, and then to go into New York and win that game, which was a game, like I said, we shouldn't have won. Man, being five and four right now, honestly, it feels so good. And also, like you're saying, it's the first time we were above 500 this season and above 500 for the first time since last September, which is just crazy to think about considering how good the Patriots have been for so long. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's one of those things where to me, it's kind of like, all right, you're going to get some up and downs from Mac, right? I think Mac played, Mac played pretty well last week. Um, You know, he played really well against the Jets, played decent last week. He played okay today. He wasn't great, but he played okay. Uh, He had a really nice touchdown pass to, um, to Hunter Henry, where it was just, it was put in the exact spot. It, It had to be in that exact spot. The coverage was pretty good. But he, he rifled it in there. He got it low in a spot that only Hunter Henley could make a play on it. And he made a play on it, which was good. And so those are the things you'd like to see. He missed a lot of throws, too, I felt like. And so obviously you want some of those throws back. But realistically, you look at it and say, okay, like, you know, I, I can deal with that from Mac Jones. To get to get a game like that that you got today out of Mac and still win – is good. It's a good sign for the Patriots. It really is a good sign for the Patriots moving forward because you look at it and say, "All right, we got that game. Mac wasn't perfect, but we still got to win, and that's huge, you know, for the confidence of this team and and you know the Patriots moving forward to get a win like that, you know, with your quarterback having a mediocre game is really really impressive. And you know, I think defensively, I mean, look, they they scored six points, right? They scored six points, and all six points were off of turnovers where. Carolina took over in field goal range already. The Carolina was in field goal range on both of those drives when they got the ball. So for them to not score a touchdown and have to settle for field goals on both of those drives is really impressive for the Patriots. And so I look at it and just say, hey, man, the defense was great today. And Sam Donald, of course, you know, seeing ghosts and everything like that out there. And the the best news that for Sam Donald is that he's going to play the Patriots another four years. Uh, you know, but it's but hey, I mean, like. They're still they're still pros. They're still NFL guys, right? And, and you know they had some plays. The shoot the play to Christian McCaffrey that Barmore knocked down. I mean, McCaffrey was by himself in the end zone. He had ten yards of separation from Dante Hightower, and Barmore got his hand up and knocked the ball down. Like that. Those are things where like that's that's a play that not a lot of people are going to remember. Not a lot of people are going to talk about. But that saves a touchdown, you know, and those are plays that, you know, that make differences in the games. And the Patriots defense right now is making those plays. And, uh, you know, and you, and you have to tip your hat to them because they've been really good. Yeah, exactly. And also, though, it, as you were talking, as we were saying, look, it was 24 to six. Was it the best win? No, but it was a win. But I just always remind myself, look, anyone can win, but good teams find will find any way to win. And that's what kind of separates, I feel like, this year's team from last year's team is that, look, the last two games weren't exactly pretty wins, but they were wins in the sense of, look, the defense did enough to bail them out. Obviously, two pick sixes back to back weeks. I don't think that's. I couldn't tell you the last time that's happened with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, it's I been a while. But even today too, I remember when JC Jackson picked him off. I'm like, stop looking back, stop looking back, because I feel like as like every time, no matter who does it in the NFL, if they look back as they get the ball, like that's when they get taken down. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, as soon as he beat him, and uh, it was just uh, as soon as we beat him, I had a feeling we were going to win the game. But no. Um, even another player I want to shout out for today's game was Godchow. Godchow had a really good game today. I feel like he, like, because that's the thing. Our our front seven has been so much better this year already compared to last year. Obviously, we know how depleted it was last year. But just the fact that they're making these plays that, look, no one else may look at, but, like, we'll look at it and go, look, there's stuff to see there. Um, Christian Barmore, too, like he said, probably still the steal of the draft from this year in my eyes. Like, how he fell to 30, I think it was 36, 37. 38. 38. 38. As soon as we made the trade up, I I had never been more excited for a Patriots draft pick. Oh yeah, I was so excited when we got him because I saw, I remember him from the national championship being like, all right, this kicking ball. But um, and even too like we didn't let like that's the thing too. Chris McCaffrey obviously he's been hurt, but still you're a, you're a big fantasy dude. I know this number one pick yeah. in every draft I've been in, probably number one pick yep. in a lot of the drafts you were in. Basically did nothing today. I know he's been on a bit of a, may have seen like a pitch count and stuff and Chuba Hubbard. Had a lot of the good runs, but at the same time, too, the defense, look, when it came time to shut down to make plays, they made plays. And the fact that Steve Belichick, I know people like to say he's interesting, he has the hair, he does the tongue thing. Look, he gets the job done, and now next week we go into a matchup with Cleveland that it's just wild to think that right now that a matchup with the Cleveland Browns is still jockeying for where teams can finish come December or January. And I'm only saying that, obviously, because of how bad Cleveland was forever. Right. Well, and that's, 
I mean, that's really what happens, right? It's it's interesting because the uh, the Bengals have kind of reminded themselves. They've kind of remembered that they're the Bengals, right? And so is that going to happen to the Browns? Are the Browns all of a sudden going to be like, shoot, we're the Browns and we suck. That's right. We forgot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not – and that's what happens. I mean, the Bengals – you know, the Panthers today, like you said, man, what they had, what, 66, 70 – they had like 78 yards rushing today. And they've been over 150, like pretty consistently per game. And the Patriots really kind of shut them down. And so, you know, that's the type of thing where you look at it and say, all right, hey, listen, yes, maybe McCaffrey was a little hampered and wasn't healthy, but, like, he hasn't been healthy for the last few weeks, and they've still been running the ball effectively with Chuba Hubbard. So I think they said, though, they ran, they ran for, like, 140 yards last week, but they had zero runs over 10 yards, which is wild when you think about that. But what that means is that you're consistently able to get your guys – four or five yards of carry. Like, you know, if, if you're doing that, you're not picking up three yards of carry, you're picking up four or five yards of carry. He's just not breaking those tackles to, you know, to 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 pick you up 15, 20 yards, but you're consistently getting him, you know, lanes to, to pick up yards. And that didn't happen today, right? That that just didn't happen today for them. And so, you know, there, there were times once once the game got a little bit out of hand, there were some times where they broke some runs. They had some passes, but they were mostly because the Patriots were playing off and saying, okay, we'll, we'll give you the short stuff because we're beating you by 18. Like, what difference does it make? You know? And so I just think, I think the way they played today, man, was so good. And Barmore, it's funny, you mentioned, like, he was mocked to the Patriots at 15 a lot. And I was like, I swear to God, if the Patriots draft a freaking defensive lineman at 15, with a need for quarterback, I'm going to throw something out the window. Like, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to, like, it's going to lose my mind. And I think that that was justifiable in in the moment. And of course, they draft Mac Jones at fifteen, and it was great. But then when Barmore's still there, I, it was like, are they gonna go get him? Because like this is the guy that fits perfectly. It's exactly what they need, you know. And I think uh, the Broncos, I think, traded up to thirty six. I want to say to get Williams, uh, the running back out of out of UNC, and yeah. you know. And so it was like, so now you're sitting there saying, okay, well, you know, Cincinnati's got to take a got to take a, a lineman and whatever. So, you know, so you say, okay, since he's there and, and you trade up and you make the pick and it's like, you know, you give up two fourth round picks as well as your third round pick to move up and get him. But like, I mean, as you said, it looks like the steel of draft right now. Like he should have been a first round pick for sure. And there were questions about his motor, what, you know, how much he had and, and if he really wanted to play and the talent, you know, let's talk to scouts about him. Talent was always there. Talent was always there with him. The question was, is he going to play consistently hard on every single play? And there was some questions as to whether that was the case. And right now, and again, we're only nine games into his career, but right now he's been consistently balling out. And you've heard, you've heard Belichick just sing his praises, which you don't hear him do with rookies. And he just, oh, he's in there. He's working hard. He's progressing. Doing That doesn't happen, you know, with, with especially with rookies. And, you know, Bill's really pumping his tires a lot. And, and that makes me feel that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy when I think about when I think about the Patriots' new defensive lineman. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, another two other players I want to give shout outs to for today. Well, I mean, Miles Bryant. I think he cracked DJ Moore's rib and that or yeah. ribs in that one, but yep. like that was just that was a good football hit. And the other one too is another rookie who's finally finding his footing. I felt bad for him after game one, but Ramondre Stevenson really filling the role. I know Damian Harris obviously RB one. He's been great all year. Yeah, Stevenson when he's come in, he's made plays which. Obviously, unfortunately, hope, hopefully he's not. I know, I believe it was a head injury. So we'll see what happens yeah. with him. But uh, yeah, that's the other thing too I was going to say, because with head injuries, I know Gunners, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, yeah, that's a concussion. Like that was one of those ones where I saw like, I don't, like, I haven't played too much football, but like I've watched enough to know. I'm like, okay, he's concussed. So hopefully Ramondre's fine, but uh, we'll see. But no, like, like the quote, I'm going to quote Keegan right here. He's a hoss. He like, he's not, I'm not going to say blunt force trauma with him because that term, lived and died with with Garrett Blunt, excuse me. But he kind of reminds me of like a miniature version of him. Yeah, I mean, Stevenson, and he's good catching the ball to the backfield. I thought that was one of Max's best reads of the day where he just kind of looped it over the top and knew that there was going to be a defensive lineman on Stevenson, and Stevenson just outran him and picked up, you know, 25 yards on the catch or whatever it was. That's the type of stuff that you love to see, you know. And and Stevenson's been great. I mean, he averaged 6.2 yards per carry today. Like, he really did, he really did a nice job carrying the ball. You mentioned Damian Harris. He scored another touchdown. I believe that's five games in a row. Uh, he's no four games. I think he's four games in a row. Five TDs in the last four games. Like he's just been 
he's been awesome. And, you know, he only averaged two yards per carry today. There wasn't a ton of running room for him in the middle. Um, but, like, man, he, you know, you get him near the goal line and he's scoring. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things for me where I look at it and say, like, all right, you know, we're on the right track with this running game. And Stevens has been a big part of that. Now, you know, Harris left with an injury. Stevenson left with an injury. So, you know, they're already they're already shorthanded with James White out, out for the year. So, like, the question is, can either of those guys bounce back and be healthy this week? If not, you're looking at Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor next week. Like, you know, in a game that you have to win and you're going to want to run the ball a decent amount against Cleveland because you got to remember, Cleveland's got Miles, got, got Miles Garrett. Like, that's tough. That's a tough assignment. You know, and clowning on the other side, right? So that's a tough assignment for anyone. Never mind, you know, Isaiah flipping Win, who like has just been garbage. And, and listen, Isaiah Win has decent plays too. He, yeah. he does okay, but some of the plays where you, you know, the strip sack on Mac, that's that's a, a, a full on miscommunication by by somebody because yes, Hunter Henry blocks him, but then he clearly releases to go out for a route, and Isaiah Win blocks nobody. So like. If you're Isaiah Wynn, you have to know that you have that guy. Or, you know, maybe it was a miscommunication by Henry, and Henry shouldn't have let the guy go. I don't know. But, like, somebody screwed up there. And to me, I'm going to blame Isaiah Wynn because he blocked nobody on that play. He didn't do anything, right? So, like, those are the types of things that can't happen. You're going to get your young quarterback killed. Uh, the offensive line has been much better as of late. You know, and so, look, things happen. Like, it is what it is. What are you going to do? But, like, you know, I need we need more out of out of a guy like Isaiah Wynn. We really do. And so we'll see what happens to Trent Brown if he's able to come back. He should be able to come back at this point, come off of IR. He obviously hasn't yet. He hasn't been spotted at practice. There's been really no word on him since he went on IR. So like I don't know if he's gonna come back this year. I honestly don't. I, I don't know. So, you know, it's they don't really have Justin Haran was fine at left tackle, but like Isaiah Wynn is a better player than Justin Haran. So like you don't want you don't want to you don't want to be rolling out with Justin Iran, but like you got to be able to run the ball against the Browns. And you know if you can't, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble if those two can pin their ears back and come after you because you know they're two of the best in the league getting after the quarterback. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And even because with the offensive linemen, there's like always two guys I feel like we're playing great today because like a lot of the times with football, look, it's when you don't play well, not when you don't play well, it's when your name doesn't get called out by anyone. And that was David Andrews and Ted Karras, like or I believe right. Ted Karras at one guard, but. He, yeah. He's even coming up in fines. I remember when Ted Karras signed here in March, everyone thought, oh, that's because David Andrews was out. Then the next day, like David Andrews obviously re-signs with the Patriots. So he did the same thing like a high town McCourty have done in the past where they'll go out, test the market, then realize, hey, look, maybe I want to stay home. So they stay home. But like, yeah, apart from win though, I feel like look, the offensive line was like okay today. Like they weren't like they didn't let up any plays. And obviously, too, there's two. Now I can think of two strip sacks on Mac throughout the year where it was the Dallas game and then Carolina today. But no. All in all, when I look at it today, it's like we said before, hey, a win's a win. That's all, all right. we can do. And to, when tomorrow when I get to wake up and see that the Patriots won and everyone getting to talk about it, Victory Monday feels a little sweeter. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's and that's really the thing. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's just, you know, win and just keep going. And and really, like, you know, for the Patriots, for the Patriots now, it's again like let's string these games together. You get a three game winning streak, which is great. And now you give yourself a chance. Whereas before, like you mentioned, we were one and three. And I'm looking at it saying, not only are you one and three, you're 0 and three at home. Like this is not good, right? This is really bad. And so you need to find a way to start winning some games, right? And so to start out 0 and four at home, right? And and be two and four, 0 and four at home, you're like, whoa, like this is not good. You know, you get those home games and you're kind of like, all right, you got to win some of these home games because the road is a tough road. And of course, now they're undefeated on the road. They got 4 0 on the road, for God's sake, right? But like, you know, you have to win those games. And, uh, you know, and so we'll see what happens, obviously. But like to be five and four and in this situation where, you know, at two and four, at one and three and two and four, you're looking at it saying, yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, yeah, you played, you know, you played some of those games close. Obviously, you put the Dallas game close, and you played the Tampa game close, and but you still got to win, right? And, and to not win those games, you know, to not win the 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 Dolphins game in the beginning of the season, and to lose the you know the other two close games, you're like, man, that just you feel like you feel like you have an opportunity and you're squandering it. And now to be back up over 500, and again, it's wide open in the AFC. It's wide open. Yes, the Ravens look very good. Yes, the Titans, 
after last week and then this week already. Now, who knows what's going to happen at the end of the, in the second half. If they're up 21-3 to three at the half. Like, you're looking at it saying, okay, like the Titans could be for real and they could be a really tough team to play with who you're going to have to play in a few weeks. But, like, you look at it and just say, all right, at least we have a chance now. We got a chance to, to kind of make some noise. And so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun than it was a few weeks ago. So I will uh, I'll absolutely take it. Exactly, exactly. But also, I'll say this too: is that twenty-one to three at the half is the scariest score I know in sports because that was the score of Super Bowl fifty-one at the half was twenty-one to three. Which it was in fact. It was in fact, uh, and I remember everyone in my Super Bowl party was enjoying Lady Gaga, and I'm sitting there like, "We're getting killed. We're getting killed. This is great. This is great." I don't think anyone's doing that tonight, even though tonight is the home. Tonight's game is the home of the, this year's Super Bowl. But at the same time, too, look, it's just something you always got to keep guard of. Like I, like for example, the hat you're wearing right now, Boston Bruins. Last night when the Leafs went up four one, I'm like, oh great, my PTSD is kicking in, especially when Pasternak scored. But then they got the empty netter. Oh, no, no, um, uh, who scored the fifth goal? I think it was Johnny or it was Matthews. One of the two of them got the fifth goal, and then they won, so it was all good. But no, back to football. Um, there are two players I just got to shout out from the season because like, like whenever their name gets called, they do good, and one guy. Uh, should have drawn at least five penalties a game, but he doesn't. Matt Dam, Matthew Judon, because like, yep. that's the thing. He has become one of my new favorite Patriots, and also to the fact that he's – this team is just, – they just look like they're having fun. And also to the offensive player, i got to say, is Kendrick Bourne. Like, yeah. he, he got off to a bit of a slow start, but ever since the Saints game, he makes catches when you need him to make a catch. Like, he's he's Mr. Reliable. Yeah, KB's a good guy. And, and you know what? He's one of those guys that, like – you can feel like the locker room really likes that guy. You know, it's funny because the Patriots have always kind of relied on the the locker room chemistry and the chemistry in the locker room and, and the way things have been. And, you know, Cam, of course, is a huge personality, and everyone liked Cam. Everyone liked Cam. But I feel like now you're talking about guys that people really love and respect, and they play their asses off. Judon is just – I mean, he's – He's he's disgusting. He's disgusting. Like there's just no other way to put it. Like he's in the backfield on every play. He gets held on every single play, and half the time they don't call it. He's a force in the running game. He's a force in the passing game. He's just there all the time, all the time. And Donald got away from him a few times, but like he's in Donald's face nonstop, just like he's done that all year long. He's got nine sacks through nine games, which is the third most in Patriots history through through nine games in a season. So like. You know, in his career high is nine and a half sacks in a season. He's just, he's balling out right now. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, you have the guys on the inside that have been playing well, but also like he's so good against the run as well that, that it's hard to, you know, it's hard to like leave him alone almost, you know, you're like, okay, what are we going to do? Block him with three guys because you can't really do that because you're worried about the guys on the inside or you're worried about the guys blitzing, you know, from, from the linebacker spot. So they, you know, it's really been a, a collective team effort, but Judon's just been so good. And you can see how well, like, those guys are, right? Judon's, like, he says he's, like, the DJ of the locker room, right? And Bourne is just, looks like he's always having a blast out there. And so, you know, those are the guys where it's, like, you need to rely on those guys. I will also say the other guy, and you mentioned him, too, is Miles Bryant. Like, I feel like Miles Bryant's a guy where the Patriots cut him to start the season. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I thought he was poised to have a breakout year this year if he played well last year as a rookie. And they cut him. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And he's been he's been phenomenal. Phenomenal since he got called up for the practice squad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just one of those things like, look, as you make your um, as you make your chances, make your opportunities, you just gotta know when to cash in and know, look, when you your name gets called, make the plays, make the plays that matter. Um, but we'll see what happens. It's just like I said before, it just feels so good. Like the fact that not only to come on and talk, that's actually I'm gonna say this, this is the first time I've ever talked. On uh, this is the first time in a long time, I've actually talked like post game after a win because the only other time I talked post game this year was I did the Jets week two. That was just me, and I did week one with a, actually I actually had a buddy of mine who's from South Carolina, also a huge Patriots fan, dating okay. back to Drew Bledsoe. He was at the game today. Um, yeah. Shout out Phil. He was actually on my show. Him and I were on Thursday. We had a we had a, we had a lot to uncover and talk about. That was a little, wasn't I wasn't I most not the best situation to talk about, but probably no. Um, but no, like. Even too, I'm gonna say like Jawan Bentley. Even today too, like there's like so many players from this defense that are making so many impactful plays. That look, you need that, and also to the fact that look, hey, now like last year where it was, 
okay, look, it was a pipe dream to sneak in, but we were still figuring out ways. Okay, if this happens, if this happens, if this, 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 this happens. And then obviously we beat Baltimore on a Sunday night and that changed a lot of perspective in the pouring rain of a game. But now it actually feels like, look, hey, playing the playoffs is not like a long shot question. It's a, this team can be there come the middle of January. And I only say that now because look, we have two games to play in January this year. Yeah, well, that like you say, they'll be playing in January no matter what, right? But, uh, but it is, yeah. I mean, they have a shot. They have a real, it's a realistic shot of making the playoffs. And right now, and again, like I said, regardless of what happens moving forward, you got a realistic shot of making the playoffs. You win Sunday, and I turn my eyes to the AFC East and say, you got a shot at winning that division, right? And so, you know, that to me is this is a big test for them. Obviously, these next four weeks, and then you get Buffalo. But, like, to me, you win this weekend, and you're like, okay, now we got a shot, right? And, and of course, then you got to take keep taking care of business. But, like, the way this defense has been playing, right, I think Spag Suite something out, like, they, they've outscored their opponents like 105 to, like, 40 or something like that in the past in the past three weeks. They just – they're dominating right now. And of course, it's a little skewed by scoring 54 against the Jets. But still – to be able to put up numbers and to not allow a lot of points defensively, I mean, I don't know how you can't look at this team and be excited about where they're headed. Exactly, exactly. And also, to look two of us right now, we're talking more about the Patriots or know more about the Patriots than Adam Archuleta did earlier today because, because we all know, look, that was just painful to listen today. I thought uh, for the Texans, mm. oh, I was going to say Texans and Jets, you obviously were in attendance for those. Andrew Catalan, Lofton weren't ideal, but. Man, the commentary was horrible today. Those guys, Justin Bethel had the pick six. I mean, I was like, Justin Bethel, what the hell are you looking at, dude? Yeah. And then Mac comes out at the end of the game. They didn't even know he was out. They didn't even make they didn't even mention it. Gunner got hurt. They didn't mention that. They mentioned nothing. They had no idea what was going on in the field. Adam Marshall is talking about Mac Jones, like, oh yeah, he had a good game, blah, blah, blah. He's not even in the game. Yeah. Brian Hoyer's in the game. Then they go to commercial for the two-minute warning. And Gumbel's like, oh, as you can see, it looks like Brian Hoyer is coming into the game. And I'm like, what? He's been in the game. What are you talking about? Like, they just, they had no idea what the hell they were looking at. And it was just like one of those ones where you're like, what are you doing? You know, and they, it was bad. It was, it was bad. They sucked today. I already looked at it for next week. Obviously, I know you're going to be at the game, but I believe it's going to be, once again, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis calling the game next week. They, they were they were okay last week. I didn't totally mind them, but we'll we'll see what happens because that's the thing that sucks about the Patriots this year is that we've had so many more of the bad teams and the, the, the for commentary calling our games. Like we've only yeah. had one Nance and Romo game, and then we get I know already we get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for the Thursday nighters. So we'll, and it's always interesting with those two. I'm surprised they're not getting a better they're not getting a better uh, you know team with the uh, with the Cleveland game, but then again. Packers put the Seahawks in the in the prime spot. That's probably. I was going to say, typically you get the prime spot, you get the you get that that team. So, but you know, I mean, who knows? Uh, listen, you know, it is what it is. I'm almost I'm almost like I almost zone those guys out. I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't even. I barely even listen to you. But then I I was watching, so I was on my way home. I went out to the my buddy came up from uh, from Florida. Nice. And so we went out to to watch the first half, and and I was on my way driving home from from the bar when they had the pick six and I was like, Oh my God. So I listened to it on the radio and I watched it back on, on, on Twitter actually. And I'm like, did you say Justin Bethel? Like, what, the, what the hell was he? What are you looking at? How could you possibly think that was Justin Bethel? You know? And you mentioned him, him looking back uh, at Robbie Anderson, who was heated on the sideline yelling at Sam Donald and rightfully so I think, but either way he said, he's like, I had strep throat this week. He's like, I didn't think I was going to play. And he thought he thought he was gonna get caught by Robbie. He kept looking back because he thought Robbie Anderson was gonna catch him, right? And he won a fumble, obviously. So uh, it was just it, you know kind of a, an interesting situation with Jackson this week, obviously. But uh, he balled out today again. Donald was terrible, you know, was out there seeing ghosts and everything still. But but uh, man, it was good to see. It was good to see a win. And like I said, the defense they play like that, and there's not many teams in the AFC that's gonna be able to beat them. They even made your dad learn how to tweet emojis or text emojis. So, you know what? Hey, yeah. look, the Patriots are doing something special. Like, I'm not, not trying to get dig at your dad or anything. I, as soon as I saw that, though, that, get, that, gave me, that gave me a good chuckle earlier today when he said Oh, that. yeah. No, he can't. He doesn't know how to do anything. So, the fact that he was able to tweet that emoji out, uh, text that emoji to me was pretty cool. I was like, you're texting emojis now? What the, what's this all about? He's like, ah, you know, eh, you know, it's the way it is. 
you know, the Patriots make people feel a certain way. And like right now, if you're a Pats fan, you're, you're, you're feeling good about this team. That's the only thing I got to say. Um, quickly, before we move on with the conversation, I just got to give a quick shout out to uh, not a sponsor, but a bit of a partner of the, uh, I have a new partner here on YWC Football Talk, and that is uh, Sideline.Sport. I talked about them before, guys. They're on Instagram at Sideline.Sport for all your jersey needs, uh, whether it be NFL, MLB, NBA, even some soccer too. I'm pretty sure they'll be doing hockey sometime soon. So like I said, guys, for all the jersey uh, needs, just go to sideline.sport. They'll get you what you want. And also, too, tell them that I sent you. Just a quick little shout-out that I had to give. But um, moving on just for other NFL news and notes throughout the day, look, the fact that the – I don't know what's more shocking than that Bills-Jags game I want to talk about. The fact that the Bills lost or the fact that it was a field goal game. Like, literally, field goals only. I mean, it was just, like, one of those things. And it, and it shows you enough about the Jags. Like, they took over – a bunch of times they turned the they turned the Bills turned the ball over what three or four times and they should have turned it over another one. Josh Allen got strip sacked on that second or last play of the game. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was clearly a fumble, and they must have said something. Oh, you know, uh, forward progress or whatever. Blah blah blah. But it's like, come on, dude. Like that's foolish. Either way, they turn it over. They get it in field goal range twice, and just like the Panthers, they couldn't do anything with the ball. Jacksonville was brutal today, but. Their defense played good enough where it was like it didn't, you know, it didn't even matter. I mean, it was just Josh Allen today. Josh Allen had, well, he ended up with 264 yards passing. Like, he was decent. Trevor Lawrence had 118 yards passing on 15 completions. 15 completions. I mean, they had under 200 yards of offense. They had under 200 yards of offense and won. So that's the stuff where it's like the Bills, you finish with a game like that, and you know Josh Allen was your leading rusher. Devin Singletary finished with 16 yards rushing. I mean, they only gave him the ball six times, but like, you got to run the ball. You have to run the ball a little bit, right? When nothing else is working, you got to run it a little bit. And they weren't able to establish the run at all. They didn't even try really, and so it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know what the hell was going on with the Bills today. Jacksonville's terrible. They've quit on their head coach for the most part, although. They've got two wins since since the uh, since Dancegate, so you never know, right? You never know. Uh, but both can say FCs. That's a game. That's a game that you absolutely cannot lose. And you go, you know, you go into Jacksonville and lose that game. I mean, it's like yikes, man. And so, hey, listen, it's good for the Patriots, but like, my goodness, to not score in the second half, you're the Bills. To not score at all in the second half and lose on a field goal. I mean, that's just that's brutal. And so, you know, the Bills have a lot of soul searching to do. They have a tough matchup this weekend. And, you know, you, you kind of look at it and say, OK, they obviously look past them. But like to look past them and not be able to come back. The Patriots look past the uh, the Texans, too. They would have come back in the second half and win the game. Right. So like to, for the Bills to not be able to put anything together, it was just it was really, really bad. I also say with that Texan game, too, because obviously I know you guys are there. I, I, was, I, I know the events that happened in Houston. I also feel like with that Houston Texan game, though, that the Texans just simply took their foot off the gas and like thought, like, hey, you know what, we're good when they were up twenty-two to nine, and then that's when the Patriots really like clamped down. Um, Which is definitely true. Yeah. yeah, definitely true. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to say about today's game was, look, I understand penalties happened. It just felt like there was way too many flags on both sides of the ball, like um, for the Patriots game. Like some something about Patriot Cleet Blakeman games just always seem like Cleet just like I don't know if he just wants to like flex his muscles or like literal muscles, but oh, he does. Yep. Yeah, literally, I feel like that's why he wants to make these flags. He's like, guys, look, I got to look good for the camera. I throw those flags whenever you get the chance to. Yep. No, nah, some some guys, you're just like, you know that they want to influence the way the game turns out. Yeah. Uh, they want to be part of the game. And that's what Cleet Blaping staff always does. And, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate and it stinks and I hate it. But unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it, right? You just kind of you kind of have to know that that's coming. And you say, okay, don't make any dumb mistakes. Right? Don't make any stupid mistakes. Don't jump off sides. Don't have delay games. They got a delay game. They had delay game after like a timeout. It was like, how the hell do you have a delay game after a freaking TV timeout? What the hell are you doing? How is that even possible? I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. Ever. You have a TV timeout and you and you have a delay game on the first play. So they have some things that they have to fix for sure. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, penalties can go either way, but they got some things they really have to fix. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, the only other results I'll say that were borderline shocking today was, well, I'm mostly angry at the Dallas Cowboys because cost me spread, 
cost me my money line on my ticket. I went, I went uh, for my my parlay. I went two for three today. I was doing good, and I'm out of my survival pool now because of them. Cost me my survival pool. I should have picked the Colts. I should have picked the Colts. I'm still shaking myself at that. But I was out last week. I picked the Bengals over the over the over the Jets. Because I, I mean, it was the Jets I the Bills last week. Yeah, I took the Bills. But no, you're right. And then this week too, I knew like everyone was asking me because like. Like I know, like I, I don't know if you know or not, but I've been posting like weekly NFL bets on like on like my TikTok, my and then I do my IG reels with them. And people will ask me like, oh, so what do you think is gonna happen? And I kept saying, look, look, the NFL, like in Vegas mainly, will do this with betting lines, where look, the Bengals had that big win two weeks ago against the Ravens. Last week, Jets beat the Bengals. So this week, everyone's thinking, oh, you know what, the Jets are gonna cover. There's a chance they're gonna win. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not gonna do this. It's a short week. Colts are obviously the better team, not by much, but the Colts are still the better team take the Colts to cover, even though they almost had that back door, which scared the hell out of me. They still cover. And so look, when, when it comes to yeah. betting lines like that, you got to think realistically, you, it's like fantasy football too, when you're drafting for a draft. Cause like, like I know Pat, Pat Lane, great fantasy guy with a five minute fantasy minute, five minute fantasy. Yeah. But um, I believe that's what it's called. If I butchered it, I it apologize. Is. No, you got it. You got ooh, it. Oh, I'm good. Five minute fantasy. You got it. Love it. But um, like it's like with fantasy football, when you like have a feeling that look, you're gonna take a guy, you just go for it. You don't think about it because when you overthink it, is when you're gonna yeah. screw up. It's like anything in life. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And listen, I mean, some of these matchups today, Chargers Eagles, I was like three points. I mean, it, you know, I have the Chargers. You did. Yeah, I took the Chargers to cover. There you go. See, so did it, what was the what was the line? I was like, it was the line was weird. It went from like one Chargers minus one. To minus two to a pick em. I think it may have called like when I put my ticket into bed, it was charges a pick em. So I figured either way, I'm I figured either way I was winning that one. I, I had yep. a horrible week besides it because there's a lot of people I picked. I'll be honest, I picked the Bengals because I thought Bengals were gonna bounce well, back after the back. Jets game. Yeah. Yep. And I Cleveland to all the controversy and stuff. Uh Ravens kind of they were yeah, home too, right? That's the other thing too. They were at home. Like there was a lot yeah. of there's a lot of spreads that really got me. I thought the Texans were gonna cover after I heard the whole like you know, two was out, and then Tyrod Taylor's back. So I'm like, look, the Dolphins are just bound for destiny. Just, just shows you how how bad the Texans are. I mean, yeah. Tyrod Taylor today with two, three interceptions. I mean, just brutal. And that Miami defense stinks. But it's like, you know, Miami's terrible, and they were still able to, you know, to beat the Texans pretty handily. I mean, only winning by eight, but like pretty handily, you know. Yeah, and um, I know obviously Brian Flores' his name's going to get called, like getting called for hot seat soon. Um, there's one coach though I want to give to you in the NFL. I don't know why his name hasn't been spoken up sooner for that, and that's Kyle Shanahan. Because if you think about it, besides this one season they went to the Super Bowl, they have been having losing seasons. Now, obviously, I know injuries are a big part of that, but I think his name's one you may start hearing more of. But at the same time, too, I feel like because they've been to a Super Bowl recently, he may get by. To lose today. And not just lose to get blown out today by Colt McCoy, by Colt McCoy without the, without their two best offensive players, yeah. to lose that badly is is embarrassing. I mean that's just embarrassing. And, and you know to have you supposedly have this great defense. You you got George Kittle back, right? I know you lost your your running backs and whatever, but like for God's sakes, man, like. You're talking about you have your full complement of weapons offensively, except for your number one running back. That's it. That's the only thing you're missing is your is your running back. So it's like that you should be able to put up enough points. And Arizona's defense is good. Don't get me wrong. Arizona's defense is good. But like you should be able to put up enough points and you should be able to stop freaking Colt McCoy for God's sakes. And they weren't able to do it. An embarrassing loss by San Fran. And I think you're right. Like, you know, he is arguably the most overrated coach in the NFL. 22 for 26, 249 yards with a touchdown. And then Jimmy had a better day because I'm looking at the session. Jimmy went 28 for 40, but 326 yards with a touchdown and a pick. But even to looking at the rushing, their biggest rusher was Mitchell with 36 yards. And then James Conner, who I'll say has had a huge bounce back in Arizona, 96 yards on 21 rushes with an average of four, 4.6 yards per carry. Like this, I always thought to Arizona, like, I don't know, everyone was writing them off last week, especially after the AJ Green blunder, but look, Arizona is a good football team, and I think they're just finally breaking through. But the fact that you lost by 14 points to Colt McCoy and let him complete all but four passes—that's that's, that's, that's really, bad. It's really bad, and they only ran the ball 10 times. But like, 
they were down 14 points by the end of the first quarter, right? They're down 17 nothing early in the, well, I guess late in the second quarter. Like, it just got to a point where you, where you have to throw because you're down so much. But, like, you know, ugh, man, that's just that's just a bad football team right now. And, again, like, you know, maybe they'll bounce back, but, like, that's a bad, bad loss, you know? And, and the Falcons are another one. Falcons play the Saints, and the Saints, of course, are without Jameis, but, like, the Saints, their calling card all year has been their defense. And to go up and take the lead with a minute left to go in the game and then give up a long pass to Cordell Patterson was like, what are you doing? Like, there's two guys you have to cover in Atlanta. It's Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. That's it. Don't worry about anyone else. Russell Gage is going to beat you. Come on. Like, stop it. You know, I guess what Zacharias and whatever the hell that guy named, the guy's name had two touchdowns today. But, like, you know, those are the two guys realistically you have to stop. You come all the way back, you score 21 points. I'm sorry, 24 points in the fourth quarter, and you lose that game. I mean, that's just – that is – that's tough to take, right? Well, I guess they didn't score 24 because they scored – because whatever. But they only scored – so they scored 21 because they missed the two-point conversion. But, like, it's it's one of those things where you look at it and just say, like, come on, dude. Like, you can't possibly lose like that. Uh, and, and they did. And so that's – that's got to be that's got to be really really tough to take uh, when you're losing like that. And good for Atlanta. Atlanta maybe they broke the curse a little bit with the uh, with the Braves winning, but you know to give up three straight touchdowns, you know with like seven with eight minutes left to go in the game, you know to almost lose and then and then come back and win. So it's uh yeah we'll see. But but that's one other one where you're like man that's that's rough you know. Exactly. That was a game where actually uh, some people were questioning about that because I took the over in that game. It was at 42 points. And I was like, when I, whenever I see an over around there, like I almost took the Patriots over, but I'm really glad I didn't. But when I saw that, I was like, look, these teams can score. But then at the same time, too, that shows, look, divisional football is unpredictable. Now, obviously, Bills losing Jacksonville today, that was unpredictable in the sense if we didn't expect the Bills to do that. But with the, with the Saints and the Falcons, look, a lot of times they play, scores are close. A lot of people had Atlanta winning, but was it good to see Atlanta win? Yes, but at the same time, too, I feel like it was a divisional game. It was what it was, and I feel like the Saints can bounce back, but then I just remembered they play – two of their next three is Tennessee, Philadelphia, and Buffalo on Thanksgiving night, and then they have the Cowboys, obviously, because of Thanksgiving. They usually do a Thursday after two teams who play on Thanksgiving. They're going to be tested their next four games. Yeah, it's tough. That's It's tough, and then that's one of those things where it's like, you know, you had to win some of those games, and – and to to get behind the eight ball and lose that game is really difficult. It's it just makes it it makes your life very difficult if you're trying to make the playoffs. So uh, you know, and that and that's that that's the boat that everyone's in, right? And some people win early and then lose kinda in the middle and then have to fight back. But you know, I'd much rather be in a situation the Patriots are in right now where you're feeling good about your team, you know, that some of the teams right now that, that are in that kind of that same situation. Again, Saints are in that kind of same situation the Patriots are in, but I feel better about being a Patriots fan than I do about being a Saints fan right now, you know? Exactly. I live with one of them. My dad, God, for some reason, he's a, he's a diehard Saints fan. Diehard yeah. Saints fan. He When I tweeted on an Odell Beckham photo, uh, Beckham Jr. jersey photo on a Patriots thing, he tweeted one of the Saints photo right back at me, just being like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, look, with that one, we'll see what happens. It'd be great to get him, but at the same time, too, do we want the cap hit? That's, that's a question that needs to be seen. Well, I'm curious about that. That's going to be what's going to happen is that OBJ is not going to get claimed. No one's claiming him because if someone wanted to claim him, they would have just traded for him because like, why are you going to claim him? That's stupid, right? It doesn't make any sense to claim him on that huge price tag. And so you let him clear waivers and then you let him pick where he wants to go. And and if I'm the Patriots, I say, hey, look, you want to come here? Great. Here's what we're paying you. If you if you'll come for that, great. If you won't, well, then you'll have to go somewhere else, you know, And, and for him, if I'm OBJ, the biggest thing that I'm concerned about right now is not – obviously winning is obviously huge, but is turning your image around. Your image is so bad right now if you're OBJ. People think that you're a dog, that you quit on your team, and that you stink. You need to go somewhere that's going to, A, showcase your talents, but also, B, put you in a spot where people are going to say, okay, I can win with that guy. He's reliable, he's trustworthy, and you know, and and I can win with him as a number one receiver. You got to go somewhere like that. Is that New England? I don't know, but it could be. It could be. And so, you know, we'll see. 
But like, I really think that that New England makes a lot of sense for him. Again, he's got the clear waivers, but I'm I'd be very surprised at this point. I'd be very surprised if um, you know if if they didn't do that. So we'll see. But I'd be very surprised if if they decided to uh, if someone decided to claim tomorrow. Hundred percent. We'll wait and see. Also, just a quick score check. It is twenty-one to six now for the. Uh... For the Tennessee Titans, as they have the ball currently, I believe halfway through the third quarter. I'm just like looking up on my phone. I'll obviously, watch this when we get out of here after this. But I just can't stress how good it feels to like be in this position right now, to be in five and four. As I, this is how as I have Kirk Herbstreit staring at me because I have this book on my table. Which, by the way, people highly, highly recommend. I mean, I, you know what? Screw. It. I'm going to show it right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right here. Out of pocket football fatherhood and college game day Saturdays. Highly recommend. A very interesting story. He's a very good story to tell. It's good to know. It's hard for me to read books right yeah. now because I got a lot going on in my life. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about it. So it's one that I'll have to try to check out. You know. Yeah, like the Seth Wicker Wickersham one. I want to read it, but then there's part of me that does not want to read it. I saw Spags got it, so I was gonna maybe just ask him on the side, be like, "Hey, what did you think of this book?" But I part of me doesn't want to because there's one that we've referenced on the show before, and especially when you've been on the dot. It's I point because it's over there on my not one of my nightstands, but the dynasty by Jeff Benedict, I feel tells yeah. a better story. And even too, I remember seeing uh, there was a celebration of, I think they were showing the Super Bowls and then they showed the Patriots Rams one when uh, the kick happened and you see Lawyer Malloy and Bill Belichick hug. And I'm like, he releases you two years later and then you hate his guts, which that's what, I guess that's what Bill's best at, which that still shocks me that, yeah. Well, well yeah, those fences have those fences have been mended. But I mean, yeah. but you're right. Like you know, the Wickersham stuff for me, I have zero interest. Zero interest in that yeah. stuff. I just like I I I have zero interest because I because the thing for me is that some of it might be true and there might be a kernel of truth to some of it. And then you hear some of the stuff like, you know, Belichick threatened Mangini and they had this big fight where they almost like came to blows in front of all the coaches in 2007 or that traded this year's draft apparently for it's Jimmy. like come on dude like in 2000 you're telling me in 2007 they almost fought in front of all the coaches in the nfl and we never heard about it that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard because why would anyone it's not like it happened in the locker room it happened in front of all the other coaches you tell me one of those guys would be like dude you can't believe what happened and then someone finds out from someone else like that's just the dumbest thing i've ever heard and maybe they would have traded listen Maybe they would have traded a second round pick for Jimmy G. I don't think that they would have, but maybe they would have, right? But like, I, I just think to me, you say, you know, and then Seth comes out and says, "Well, I never said they traded a second round pick for him," but it's like, well, why would you call and ask? It, that's the stupidest thing ever. Like I tweeted out afterwards, I'm like, okay, would you want Jimmy G for a second round pick? Would you trade Jimmy G for a second round pick? No, we want a first. Oh, okay, well that's good because I didn't, I wasn't going to trade him for a second round pick anyways. I was just curious. Like, why would you do that? That's stupid, right? So it's like. That's the stuff for me where it's like once you lie about one thing, once you're not truthful about one thing, why am I going to believe anything that you say? And that's where I'm at right now. It says Wickersham where it's like, okay, he's going to say some things that are truthful. But like I, I, it's, I have a really hard time believing some of the stuff that he says because I know for a fact he's lying about some of it. So it's like, okay, if you're lying and embellishing about a few of the things, then how can I trust that you're not lying and embellishing about all of the things? hundred percent. And that's the reason why like, I don't want to read it is just because look, I know that this guy's come on here and he said enough shit about the team to the point where it's like, look, what am I supposed to believe from you? And then now you expect me to read this book. Like, look, if you're a Pat fan out there, you want to read the book. Great. I just feel like at the same time too, if you read it, take a lot of the stuff with a grain of salt. Um, the next big football book I see out there that I see myself reading personally is the, uh, Mike Florio Playmakers book, but that unfortunately doesn't come out until the off season. So it'll give give me something to focus on during the off season. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens this off season. I don't even want to think about it. It's like whenever I hear draft stuff already and like prospects, I'm like, I am enjoying the season now. I still like listening to what prospects are there, and I already keep preaching the. I'm on. I'm on. I don't know if you've heard any of our episodes. Keegan and I are both on the Chris Olave Patriot train for next year. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't want to think about the offseason until it gets here. I am I am firmly, firmly in the Chris Olave boat as well. We got a third. Uh, Love it. We'll see. You know, we'll see. But I, I hope he keeps getting pushed down. Just keep pushing him down the draft board. Chris Olave stinks. Don't, you know, don't pay any attention to that guy. He's terrible. Just ignore him. 
it's you know it, you don't want that guy on your team. No, 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 one hundred percent. We'll see if he gets pushed further, further down, far enough down. Maybe the Patriots trade out of the first round and end up drafting him early in the second. Who, who knows? You know, we'll see. But, but uh, he he's a guy that just uh, he was coming out last year. Obviously, didn't come out last year. Couldn't because he was too young. But I was like, man, that guy's so good. And because I don't really watch college football, I watch a little bit, but I don't really watch college football. And I was like, that guy's awesome. I'm like, Patriots draft that guy. And they're like, well, they can't. And I'm like, shit. All right, maybe next year then, you know? So uh, he's a guy that I've wanted for, and I'm sure, you know, everyone else that, that actually follows his college football has probably felt the same way for the, for even longer, right? So, uh, but yeah, no, he's a guy that that definitely is a lot of fun. 100%, 100%. Well, anyway, like we said, it's Victory Sunday. Victory Monday starts as I look at my clock in an hour 25. Yep. That's going to do it for us here at YWC Football Talk for episode 120, uh, 126, which still – Still shocks me that I'm already here at this point, but I'm just, this this train ain't stopping soon, folks. I have a couple of great episodes coming out this week. Um, um, as I have week eleven, week ten actually, which feels weird to say, I have my Cleveland Brown fan Andy McNamara from Roger Sports enough here coming on. We're going to preview the game, and then also too go. on Tuesday I have Book It Trent. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's famous on TikTok and Twitter for betting picks. He'll be here on here on Tuesday. But anyway, folks, that's going to do it for episode number 126 of YWC Football Talk. Big thanks to Pat Lane once again for coming on. Anyway, guys, we'll see you sometime. We'll see you next week on Tuesday. But anyway, guys, go Patriots. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.